Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 112. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD pre-COVID to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's good to be back. This is a, a show I'm really, really excited about. I, I'm one of those guys that absolutely loves uh, the AFL draft. I love seeing kids coming through the system. Uh, a you show. are a huge nerd, is what you are, for draft picks. <laughs> I am. Uh, so, uh, obviously, with the news of of Danahar and the Sards and Poppy Fantasia, there, it's likelihood that there's going to be draft picks coming our way and some of them quite low. So, this is a great time to have Ed Pascoe on from Draft Central Australia uh, to just have a discussion uh, about what – what did the draft will look like? What are the top players, NGAs, uh, future father, sons, all that kind of view. So we want to give a total view of the world, and especially centered around, um, obviously, the Essendon scenario. So, Ed, thank you for joining us. How are you going? Yeah, uh, good, mate. Um, it's, it's really good to be on here, really excited and get to talk about the draft and get to talk about Essendon. It's going to be a good night. No, I, I'm pretty excited myself. Uh, so yes, yeah, self-confessed draft nerd, uh, definitely. So, uh, Ed, let's let's start off. Like we're going to do this in several stages. We'll, we'll talk about probably just the NGA and uh, and about maybe father hey Scott, son. Hey Scott, hey Scott, what's an NGA? Next generation academy player. So there you go, there you go. Just for the <laughs> just for listeners. So obviously, um, it was interesting because there's been a few uh, coaches who who talked about. Uh, NGAs in this draft that there's it, it, it's a little bit I don't know if the word the the draft is is compromised and that sort of thing. So first, I want to kind of get your view on that, um, bef- and then um, yeah, maybe your view on that. Just to uh, is it, do you feel like the draft is getting compromised with these NGAs? Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree to that. I think it is getting a little bit ridiculous now with so many players that. Uh, just kind of get zoned in. I mean, one of the players that we have in our academy, we we only just f- found what they were from only late last year. So they weren't even in our actual academy, you know, for a few years like, you know, these northern states. So I, I think it's going to be a good thing what they bring in to kind of even out the playing field across the draft. Yep. So let's go um, with the NGAs, right? Who's the if you said initially, who's the most prominent NGAs that are likely to be in this draft? And I know we're going to t- cover top twenty, so maybe just a, a very quick sort of brief of names, and we might go into another segment where we go into more detail if they're, if they're in a top twenty view. But what are the names? I guess we're going to look for as far as NGAs. Yeah, so the uh, the main name is going to be Jamara Hagen, who's tied to the Bulldogs. He's what the the main the main thing about him is he's a Lance Franklin top player. So he's really exciting, you know, high marks and just a special type of player. You've got another one for Sydney Swans in Braden Campbell, who's just a terrific left foot kick. His oh, kicking scum. is a bit yeah. like a Nathan Buckley. So <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. absolutely elite there. And then you've got for Port Adelaide, Lockie Jones. So he just played in a uh, preliminary final for Woodville's West Torrens uh, senior side, and they're going into a grand final next week. So uh, there's three real big names that, that all three probably look like very likely top 10 bids. So if we look at it from a, from Essendon point of view, uh, the James Hurd Academy, uh, how are we looking there? Is there, is there names that we should be looking at for on draft night? Uh, yeah, there, so there's two main ones and they're both key position players, which is pretty timely with, 
you know, someone like Danaher leaving, we've got, first of all, we've got Cody Brand, who's uh, your key defender, about yeah, 195 centimetres. Uh, he's just a very diligent defender. Like, he just does his work. Uh, he's got very clean hands. His competitiveness is really good too, so he competes hard. Uh, he likens himself to a bit of a Dustin Fletcher, but um, I think he's got a bit more room to put on a bit of muscle and he may end up that Kale Hooker type of defender. Uh, so he's probably the one that is looking to get the highest bid. Uh, you're probably looking at between maybe picks 25 to 40 range. The uh, lack of football in, in the NAB League this year, is, if anything, has actually worked in our favour because it can um, it, it puts down his value a bit because no one's been able to actually see what he can do. And especially with the key position players, they, they develop at different rates. So yep. he's definitely that that type. And um, so he was with Calder Cannons with um, Harrison Jones last year. And the other one from Calder Cannons in NGA is Josh Eyre. And he's the other side of the ground. He's your key forward. And he's a bit taller again. He's what, 197 centimetres. Yep. Uh, so he's grown a bit. So he's 194 centimetres last year. So he, he could still have a bit more uh, room for growth as well. So he might end up that, you know, maybe pushing that 200 centimetre big key forward. And what I've heard likened to him is someone like a Scotty Lucas. So yeah, you're long rangey left footer, uh, very, very good mark overhead. And he's one that probably gets a later bid than Cody Brand, mostly because in, in his bottom age year, he going through the forward line, he wasn't getting the opportunities as like a Harrison Jones because, you know, he's in his draft year. He's getting that exposure. So this would have been the year to see if he, how he'd go taking the mantle of the number one key forward for Calder. So he's another one that will probably get a later bid than what he's actually worth. Can I ask the situation with Cody Brand? Um, how would it work with Essendon? So they've because they've got no second round pick, right? So how does that work to get him on a bid? So say, uh, let's get an example, right? Say North Melbourne, say around pick between 25 and 30, say, hey, we're going to select Cody Brand. What's Essendon's response? How do they, what happens from there to actually get him? Yeah, so um, Adrian Dodoro did a bit of a uh, pretty pretty smart uh, trading last year to try and get a few more third round picks to use up for for points this year to, to kind of match those bids. So we would have known about Cody Brand and Josh Eyre last year because they were actually selected for in the AFL Academy. So that means that you know that we're not the only club who rates them. There's a few other clubs that do. So uh, you could probably see us maybe trading in say one of our future third or fourth rounders we may want to trade into this year if we know a bid's coming early and then we'll have the points to actually match that bid. Oh, okay, okay. So father-son, uh, go, 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 Grant. Yeah, no, mate, I just wanted to point out that I I apologise if I'm not as learned um, <laughs> on this subject as potentially uh, my nerd mate and your extremely learned self. Um, there's... I, I'm fascinated by this sort of stuff when it's explained by somebody who understands um, the process. Can you like, and maybe just for the listeners that are a bit, a bit um, like, like yourself, yourself. <laughs> can you explain? Can you explain to me? <laughs> shut up, Scott. Um, can you um, can you explain to me like what what Scotty just said? Then is that so? We get first access, do we, to to Cody Brand, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. We get first access if North jumps in at the last minute and says, we'll take him. What we can then do is use um, some, like you said, some third round picks to match the offer. And if we match the offer, then we get his rights again. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what Brisbane did, so what last year we we bid on their player, that uh, Keaton Coleman. So we, we tried to go for him and then uh, Brisbane matched and did that pick. You would have known the year before how we got Mozzie, we got uh, Mosquito. Hawthorne didn't match that bid. Even though they had the points, they didn't, you know, rate him as high as others. So uh, they did want to take him. So it can go dif- different ways. So we are no guarantee to actually match the bids on Cody Brand or Josh Hare, but I don't know. They're both both quarter boys. They're both uh, bomber supporters. I think I think there'll be a bit of a. Uh, I think we'll definitely match those bids. And one more one more silly question time. Um, how do we get our names attached to those guys? Do we have to nominate them? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we have to kind of identify them in our zone. So so okay, every so club has their own of. zone. So colder. So anyone who's you know got a, a heritage. Uh, that, that, that are in that zone, then we can get them. So it'd be the okay. same for the Tiwi Bombers. So up in the Tiwis, that's our uh, allocated NGA zone. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, father-son, um, tell, tell us a little bit that where Essendon's at with the father-son and what might the one or two year sort of uh, future look like? Uh, we have quite a few. Uh, and from next year, we have, uh, well, we've got Tex Wanganeen, who's obviously the uh, son of Gavin Wanganeen. Uh, he's come down boarding down at Xavier College. So he'll be playing for Oakley. So the Oakley Chargers, uh, well, next year, he was going to play with them this year. I actually got to watch him at the start of this year playing for Oakley in a practice match. So he definitely showed a few signs. He's on the smaller side. He's about, yeah, 174, 175 centimetres. But you can just tell whenever he goes for the ball, he's got a lot of class about him. And um, uh, the other two that will be Xavier College and for the Oakley Chargers and for the draft even further beyond is the Davy Twins, Alwyn Davy Jr. and Jaden Davy. So uh, the most exciting one of those two is Alwyn Davy Jr., who, uh, unlike his old man who's a left footer, he's actually a, a right footer. And Jaden's okay. the left footer. So Alwyn is very classy player. So he uh, made his league debut for Palmerston as a 15-year-old last year and just got recently selected to play for Palmerston in their seniors just, just on this weekend before. And um, he's just your Shane Edwards type of player. He's real classy, moves through the midfield and half forward, makes the right options. And he's also good for a few of the the quintessential froggy uh, chases from behind. And yeah, yeah. you love to see that. And Jaden, he's probably more of your deep forward, a bit like his old man, who is a left footer again. He's the more dynamic type, whereas Alwyn's more the uh, the smooth moving type. But uh, both look very exciting prospects. Now, I'm going to use a bit of humour here, but can Alwyn play centre-half forward like, like his dad? <laughs> well, 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 he is a very good overhead mark. So, <laughs> And, and he's still growing as well. So another thing, these Davy twins, they're already taller than the old man. And, oh, they're, wow. what, six, and they're 16 years old. So they've still got a lot they're of room of to growth. grow. So okay. uh, there's a lot to be excited about with those boys for sure. Is, is there... Just even even in the indigenous area, is there is there kind of smokies or left field kind of rookies that you've ever that you've heard? Like I know, even just even seeing Nigel Nigel Lockyer Junior, who we had a call up at the start of the year, kicked nine goals in his first two games. Is there, is there smokies that, that you see going around that that clubs will, will want to pay attention to? Oh, it's a bit hard to say because because of you know everything that's going on at the moment. I think a lot of the players that clubs are looking for, I mean, they've already nominated them for combine so far. Uh, I think only two mature age players got 
uh, combine invite. So for anyone who doesn't know, the combine is for the where players get tested for you know their endurance, their speed, their agility, and usually if you're invited to a combine, you've got at least three clubs interested. So if you usually if you're not invited to those combines, you're not not really on their radar for this year. So okay. it'd be tough, but you never know what can happen at the end of the year. Yep. Now, just quickly, just on, on Nigel Lockyer Jr., was it a case to you think that Essendon play him, played him a little bit out of position maybe than, than what his actually strengths were at the start of the year? How did you read that? Yeah, so I believe he played both forward and back uh I mean, the year before, but it, he's proven at the start of this year for Palmerston that he's definitely a more dangerous forward and he's a very dynamic forward at that. So he's, he's the type of player that will make things happen. Very creative. I mean, watching his game on the weekend, which Alwyn David Jr. also played in, he kicked, what, what maybe half a dozen goals in that game. But even later in the game, he's looking for options. He's looking for who he can bring in, bring into the game. So you, you like seeing that type of uh, that type of game from him. But I think the main reason that Essendon played him off halfback is because, you know, a lot of these Northern Territory, Territory players, they don't quite have that endurance level. So, and that's a very, it's a very taxing at AFL level to play forward. So you would see with guys like Will Snelling and Dylan Clark that were playing through that half forwards, they've really got that real big endurance. So yep. someone from Nigel Lockyer Jr., he's got to work through that with a few pre-seasons. So, but even putting him on the list and letting him actually, in, in an elite environment, actually really getting that up, getting that up. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got the talent and it looks like he has the right attitude. So he might be one that slipped away. He might be one that, you know, gets a shot at on another club and really makes a name for himself. Yeah, well, he's, he's still only 24 years old, right? So he's definitely got a, an open window if, if clubs are interested. And, and Essendon themselves may, may have a rethink um, because of the, the, the Fantasia, the Danaher kind of situation that's, that's played out. Um, I, I wonder if they, they may have a relook because he's getting such a, a strong offensive side. So, look, what we'll do is we'll go to a very quick break, right, and and we'll go to our, our kind of our, our main body, of, uh, which will be we're going to go through basically almost your phantom draft and we're going to go through our top 20 um, players and, and we can have a, a proper look at each player, uh, what their strengths are, weaknesses are. So let's go to a quick break uh, and we'll be right after with our top 20 phantom draft. And we're back with the uh, Lunchtime Catch Up podcast. Uh, Grant has lost his audio, so he's looking oh, at I, me. I, that was that was the weirdest thing in the world. I, <laughs> oh, that was an incredible song. Um, and Rage Against the Machine. And all of a sudden, it just went so quiet, I couldn't even hear it. Sorry about that, uh, ladies and gents. <laughs> oh, I'll just carry the show. Uh, yeah. look, let, let, let's go to the uh, – look, let's go to our top 20, right? So uh, I'll let you take over, Ed, but uh, what's your – Let's should, do you want to start at number one or 20? Which, which way which way would you prefer? 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Let's start at 20. We we'll want to start at 20. All right. So uh, at number 20, I've got a player that he may not get taken in this giraffe because he's done two uh, consecutive ACLs, and that's Kane Baldwin. So at in the under-16 championships for South Australia, he was the, the main key forward. So he was taking contested marks, Really, really skillful forward. He's in that Jack Darling type mold. So he's not 
you know, he's not the tallest key forward, so he's about that 193, but he's just a machine when he's leading up the ball, he's taking big contested marks, and he was uh, set to actually play league football as a bottom major last year for Glenelg before uh, he got an ACL injury in that first round, and He'd done really well to get himself fit again, and he was coming into this year and did it in the very last practice match again just before he could play. So it was really unfortunate for him because uh, many really considered him a potential top 10 player, if not for those two ACLs. So so he's the type of player that clubs may want to see what he can do with another year, just let him have another go, or they'll go, well, we know this kid has got elite-level talent. Let's get him on the list now. And because if he does get a full year, they're not going to get him much cheaper the, the year after. So there's a bit of bit of to and throw with that one. But he's de- definitely one that I think would be worth the gamble, to be honest. High risk um, reward. Yeah. Hmm. So, number, uh, so yeah, sorry. Sorry. yeah, number 19. Yeah, so uh, number 19 is uh, Jack Carroll out of uh, WA. He plays for East Fremantle. So he's your... 187-centimetre midfielder, a late berth as well. So he's still 17, so he's born in December. So he's only just made it for this year's draft. And he's like a smooth-moving midfielder who can go forward, left footer, real classy. He's probably in that similar vein to like a humor cluggage. So, yeah, just that smooth mover. He can go in the inside, but, you know, like McCluggage, he he looks more damaging on the outside. He, He... he just looks a lot better. He's got a good leap. So when he goes forward, he can really jump at the ball and take some marks. Uh, he probably hasn't had any real massive standout games like McCluggage did in his draft year, but he's definitely a player with a lot of skill and a lot of potential being that late December birth. So he's definitely one you'd want to look out for for a bit of midfield depth. Yeah, sounds, like, uh, sounds like someone we might need at the Bombers, mate. Skillful <laughs> and actually good user of the ball. I'd, that'd, be, that'd be great to have. Yeah, so it could be one that's definitely in that first round mix. Then there's a lot of players that are a bit like and that I'll touch on a bit later. Uh, the next one is perhaps your next Jordan Ridley in Heath Chapman, who out of again out of WA playing for West Perth. He's one one ninety two centimeters, so he's not you know quite a key position height, but he's just an incredible intercept marker, and he just works hard from the halfback line. So he's got a really elite endurance. He okay. just runs all day. He runs and presents. So he's not just your, your intercept mark. He'll come off. He'll run off. He'll you know handball kick and really drive out of defence. Uh, so uh, he's one that's really pushed into that top fifteen type area. Uh, the, the, perhaps the big question mark will be that, you know, he's not quite a proper key position height, but he can just be so damaging with that rebound ability that he has. Can I ask just quickly too, just while we're just sort of talking through these ones, just for your own role, Ed, how hard has this year been to look at a phantom draft with all the obstacles of, of Victor, especially Victorian footy, right? Uh, how hard is it, has it been to, uh, is, is, it, is it part of it? not to put down the role, but is part of a bit of guesswork of where they were heading is how has it been for you? Yeah. I think that's what a lot of cops will be doing is trying to figure out where these players would have gone with a bit more development left. So uh, one of the games I went to early this year, was a player for Sandringham called uh, Max Heath out of the ruck. So, Last year, he was on nobody's radar. He wasn't really impressing. He wasn't doing that much. But he comes out in this first uh, practice match and just 
dominates he's, as a ruckman. He's like your Sam Draper. He just mm. goes in hard, takes contested marks and a real physical presence at the ruck. And uh, he's one that just got a combine invite out of the blue. So obviously clubs have seen, you know, that development from, all right, he wasn't doing that much the year before, but we've seen what he can do at the start of this year. Where could he be gone if he, you know, played mm. championships? If there was a full season, could we have been looking at someone who would have pushed up into that higher level? So uh, that's definitely one thing. And uh, another thing would be, all right, we've got a lot of players as bottom majors who play, you know, on the flanks. They're not quite ready for the midfield. Yep. This would have been their year that they go into the midfield and actually show that they can play there and, you know, do all that kind of thing. So it's tough, uh, isn't it? yeah. that's why you'll see probably a lot of players go later in this draft that you'll go, oh, gee, uh, in a few years' time, how the hell did we get this guy? And there'll probably be a few players that go early and you go, oh, geez, I've never heard of this guy. But, you know, clubs have gone, oh, wait a minute, we actually feel that this guy would have gotten to that level by the end of this year. So uh, it's going to be a really tough challenge, I think, for uh, for, for a lot of the recruiters this year. Yeah. Which which way do you reckon they'll um, they'll sway? Will they go for... Will they try and find that gem, like you said, the the ruckman that go, and they've only got very very limited knowledge of him, but they will put their collective experienced heads together and go, no no no, that kid, I've seen enough to really to invest in him, even though we've seen not a lot. Or will the teams think, okay, we've seen more of this player, um, we know more about him, he's a safer bet. He might not turn out to be as good as the freakish Ruckman or something like that, but we're going to go for the the devil we know with the players that we've seen more of, or will they genuinely try and find that um, player like um, Cody further down the, the draft? Yeah, um, I think it'll be like a case-by-case basis. So maybe some clubs with a lot more picks can be a little bit more risky of what they do, or depending on where they finished on the ladder, can we afford to take that chance or, you know, we're on the lower end. We need to make sure we get these picks right. So as much as we'd love to get this guy, who's, mm-hmm. it looks like he has a heap of potential. We need players that are, that are sure bets for now. We need to build yeah. a list that's, yep. so it, it'll really depend on those types. So a perfect example would be, uh, would be the likes of uh, Bolton for Richmond. So he was a player that in his draft year was just a really exciting type, but, you know, there was a bit of consistency issues there. So you weren't sure, all right, was he going to move into the midfield? But Richmond gone, all right, we just got to back back in, you know, the talent there. We'll take the gamble. We can afford to take that gamble. I mean, you look at the time, they had how many different small forwards. Well, it it looked like they could, you know, trade a few away, but... If the talent's there and they feel, gee, the difference between getting this guy, he could be one of the better players in the pool, but he just hasn't shown it yet. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely more of a case by case basis. So number seventeen, let's uh, we'll continue on. I don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, number seventeen, uh, a very similar type to Carol, who we spoke about before, as a taller midfielder. Lot of development with him, so this is Caleb Poulter yep. from uh, Wood, Woodville West Torrens, uh, out of South Australia. He's yeah, your taller midfielder. He's about one ninety two centimeters, so he's he's a very tall kid, but you know seventy nine kilos, so he's still very light. He's still got a lot of development left to go. Now he's a very classy player, and also another left footer. I've seen some goals that he's kicked, uh, not just in the under eighteens, but in school football. He's just kicking 
bombs from 55 meters on his left without any trouble at all. Okay, wow. So I have I have heard this name. This this is one of the guys that I've heard um, that are really good. Yeah. So the the main uh, query on him would be you know similar to Kyle Langford. How are we sure that he's you know that real contested mid? Or we're going to have more value with him on the outside, where he can use his skills and use his that 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 type of thing. So that's probably why he's not being talked about, you know, in that real top ten type area, is because there's maybe a bit of queries on his contested game and where he plays at the next level. But I think for out of the players I've seen this year, he's one of the more damaging players when he gets the ball. Usually, okay. when he gets the ball, he's making a great decision with it, whether it's kick, an awesome kick or a bit of composure with the handball. And again, he's what 192, 79 kilo. He's got development. There's, oh wow, yeah. As a that's a blank canvas for for a club to go. Oh, we could really develop him into something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, like a Cole Langford. Yeah, yep. he could be one that comes on, you know, years down the track. Yep, that's exciting. Uh, sixteen. So uh, sixteen, uh, big big key defender in Zach Reed. At 202 centimetres, he's from the Gippsland Power, uh, played pretty much, I think he played every single game for Gippsland last year as a bottom major and playing that full-on full-back, centre-half-back role. So I've got to use another Essendon-type player in Ridley, just class with his with his ball use from the back half. Okay. Like the composure that he has for someone of his height is just outstanding. So very often he can be in the last line defence anyone coming from which way and it'll just somehow find a way through them and just slot, just slot the kick or just get the handball away without any fuss at all. So he is still a very lanky type. So he's definitely got a bit more meat on the bones. He's got to get, yep. but he's uh, a lot of, lot of recruiters that liken him to like a Harris Andrews. Okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. uh, if Dodoro is listening, we'll have him as well. Thank you. <laughs> So what are we up to? Number 15. Yep. So um, 15 would be Lockie Jones from um, Woodville Boss Torrens, the one who's tied to Port Adelaide's NGA. So okay. he's oh, yep. like your Shannon Hearn type. So he's your, your what, what, 186 centimetre medium defender who's a strong, he's tough, he's He's equally good defensively as he is offensively. Yep. He's got a really long kick on him, and he's played every single league game this year. He's just slotted into this Woodville West Torrens side like like that, just so so seamlessly in their side, and they're going to be playing off in a grand final next week. So he's going to be a really big influence there. He's actually a very good athlete. So even with his size, he's what? 186 but 89 kilos so he's already a big solid lad but he actually moves well he's actually quick he can actually run and cover the ground so he's even though he looks like a big solid kid he's got a bit of endurance about him too so along with his athleticism and his hardness and his ability to play against mature players he's one that i think port adelaide will go well you're going to plug in and play you next year Wow, that's uh, they're, they're having a good, they're having a good twelve twenty four months as they've far as getting some talent in. That have worked. Uh, what are we up to? Number are we at fourteen now? Fourteen. Yep. Yep. So uh, fourteen is the younger brother of Geelong player Jack Henry in Oliver Henry, who good. yep at the Geelong Falcons. He's uh, he's played a lot of his time as like a medium forward, probably in that um. In that plays more of that Gunston type role, even though he's not quite at that height at 187. 
but he's just got really sure hands overhead. He's a very confident player. So when you watch him play, he just he, he never looks flustered. He's just always on the move and just just plays with just a real air of confidence. So there was one game he actually played half back yep. uh, last year against Tasmania, and I just thought Sicily. When I was watching the game, I just thought James Sicily, just the type of player that just sets you up at half back, just confident, taking marks, hitting those kicks, and having the confidence to actually hit those hard kicks. Um, so he's one that uh, he, he could be anything. He, he could yeah. be a, a gun half forward or a gun half back. But he may not be the type of player that, you know, Essendon would kind of look at because, you know, we've got a few good halfback type players, but, um, you know, those intercept type. But um, he's just, I think he's the type of player that will become an A grader in either half or halfback. He will become an A grader, I reckon. He, he actually um, just, just, and obviously we only get the limited vision, right? There's more limited to what you guys get. I actually said to a friend, I said, gee, he reminds me of a cross between Gunston and Carousella. Um, kind of got a bit of class, uh, a bit of calm, poise, knows what he's doing, and, and then he's got a, kind of got that lead up to, to Gunston. But that's, yeah, he's, he looks like a real talent. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one that could factor. He could be a top 10 pick, but I definitely think he's in that top 20 mix for sure. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's 14 now. Or 13? Uh, 13. 13. 13. 13. <laughs> keep, keep up, Scotty. Keep up, mate. <laughs> 13. All right. So uh, 13 is another big key tall. There's a lot of them in this draft, and that is Northern Knights Nicholas Cox, who stands at 199 centimetres. And, I mean, we just talked about Zach Reed for his skills. This guy, he can do it on both feet. So he can kick left foot, right foot. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know what foot he can kick on. He's just so good on left and right, on his left and right side. Uh, he's even had shots at goal where he's having just normal set shots and he will go left foot and right foot. Yep. You'll be like, wait, which one is he? <laughs> like, it's incredible. But um, so he's the type who can go at either end at this stage. So he can play f- uh, as a key forward. He can play as a key defender. He's even played on the wing. He's actually spent a lot of time on the wing. I um, mean, the reason they have him there is because he's an endurance freak. So he's someone who would have absolutely dominated the 2K time trial if they still do have a Victorian combine at the end of the year. So he's just a a well-rounded athlete, really gifted, smart, skillful footballer. I think the only query on him at this stage is that he hasn't settled on one position yet and that he may not put on that bulk that that you want. He may only have the frame that, you know, is that lighter frame. But uh, I saw him go head-to-head with Jamara Yugohagen at the start of this year. So he was playing as a key defender. He was on arguably the most dangerous uh, key forward in this year's crop, and he did really well on him. So Yugohagen, he got away with him a few times, but you could just see with Cox is he he worked hard to really be with him at every step of the way. And once Yugohagen moved up the ground, he just controlled the game from halfback. So he's definitely one that, after watching him at the start of this year, I was a bit more confident that he could be a very good player. Wow. Uh, okay. Look, we'll keep going just because it's a good time. Pick 12. Uh, pick 12. Uh, another uh, one out of, you know, down Melbourne, so he hasn't been able to show what he's got, and that's Archie Perkins from oh, Sandringham Dragons. I like him. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> he's got a good mix of, uh, of a dynamics type of footballer. He's got elite speed, elite leap. Really good endurance as well. Uh, he 
mostly played as a half forward last year because you know, Sam, clubs like Sandringham and Oakley, they always have strong midfield, so it's always hard to break in. But yeah, he's one that would have come into this year, probably played more midfield and could have been that type that really pushed up into that top 10. So as you would have said a bit earlier before about you know projection of where is this guy going to be at the end of the year, this is the type of player that you'd be thinking, oh, what could he have been if he'd got a full season in? No, I'm. Uh, I've I've made it well known that he's one that I'm really really interested in. Just looks like just looks like. And I know he's missed obviously a lot of footy, but he he, he just looks. There's something about him. I just look at him and go, Josh. There's just something about you I really really like that you're going to be a very very good footballer. Um, number eleven. Uh, number eleven is a player that nobody but Gold Coast can get, and that's uh, Alex <laughs> Davies. So. With the new rules that the AFL brought in, they can just, anyone who's in their NGA or, you know, their academy or whatever, goes straight onto their list. No player can bid on them. they just straight on there. And you'd happen to know he's a tall inside mid compared to Scott Pendlebury. You know, know, someone who, you know, Essendon could have done with. It would have been nice to be able to have bid on him at least. But, nah, he's one that hasn't been able to play a bit this year because he actually got an elbow injury. So he would have played a bit more this year himself, but didn't. But I don't think that really matters to recruiters. They all know where he's going. So, yeah, yeah, he's he, he's definitely a classy midfield type, really good extractor, wins a lot of the ball. I mean, it's pretty obvious why he's pretty highly rated. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's where you talk about maybe the compromise part of the draft <laughs> where you know, you know, only one team can have him. So it's a bit tough. Okay, look. How long, how long are, we, are the GC and... and- I don't know, GWS probably going to get these concessions. How, how long are we going to have it compromised so that people can't get access? Because that sounds like the perfect player for Essendon. Yeah, absolutely. And they also get uh, access to the Northern Territory kids as well. All the best Northern Territory kids. Uh, there's a few that look all right this year. And Joel Jeffrey, who's another one who from Northern Territory and uh, Brody Lake. So those are two really good players who they, they can pretty much get for nothing. So, but I don't, I don't believe that that's going to be here much longer. If I recall, maybe it comes out next year or the year after, but okay. it's not going to, it's not going to be there the whole time. It was just, you know, when Gold Coast were just down and down, they'd lost Ablett. They were just in a real rut. The AFL yeah. had to think of something to get them back up. So they thought of this. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, look, what we'll, what we'll do though, we'll go to a very, very, very quick break and come back with our top 10. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, before we get into the top 10, which is, uh, it's going to be, that's going to be real interesting to figure out if the Bombers, because considering the Bombers might have a couple of picks in there. Um, we want to have a chat about our sponsor, Scotty. Who's our sponsor, Scott? Speaking Finance. The one and only. How to be the guys and girls <laughs> at Speaking Finance. Um, speaking Finance of Finance Brokers. Um, I'm sure Ed's heard of these guys. If not, um, <laughs> we'll let him know. Um, the guys at Speaking Finance specialize in personal loans and business loans. They're also um, mortgage brokers. Uh, so if you want to, um, I don't know, say you're a say you're a tradie, say you want to get some new uh, plant and equipment, you want to uh, upgrade the uh, the ute, um, you want to get some more tools and the like, um, 
the guys at Speaking Finance can absolutely help you out with the paperwork um, for uh, a personal loan, a business loan, or even a mortgage loan. Um, the uh, Whether or not it's the founder, um, Steve, or any of his um, team in there, um, they can help you out for all of your uh, finance needs. I can tell you um, once the... Uh, once Chairman Dan lets us out in Victoria, uh, I'm going to be ringing Steve and his team to get me a, a new loan for a new car. Um, one of the best things about the guys at Speaking Finance is that they're all mad um, keen Essendon supporters. So if you get hold of these guys, the best way to get hold of them um, is through their Facebook page. Yep. Um, they check that um, quite a lot. But you can also get them at speakingfinance.com.au. Um, give them a call and see if they can help you out. If you uh, if you need a personal loan, a business loan, or even a, um, a, a new mortgage, um, have a chat to them if you uh, see what they can do to help you out and also just ask them questions about where you reckon Essendon's going to finish next year. <laughs> They'd be more than happy to talk to you. So um, give the guys and girls a call at Speaking Finance. Uh, they'll be able to help you out. Um, we appreciate these guys being our major sponsor on the show. No, no, very well said. Uh, okay, so let's go obviously the, to the business end and probably the exciting end when you're talking about Essendon and possibly two or three top ten picks. Uh, so let's go with our number 10 pick, Ed. Uh, so, yeah, our number 10 is probably a player that I could see is bidding on, to be honest, and that would be Reef McInnes from the Oakley Chargers, tall midfielder, another one of those that, you know, we, we, we of course, can't get tied to us, but is tied to Collingwood. Uh, so he's, uh, yeah, 192 centimetres, uh, really, really good around clearances. So he's got very clean hands, uh, moves really well. He played all over the ground for Oakley in, in there uh, in, as a bottom major. So he's got that versatility to his game. Uh, I think he had one game in the futures where he got to play as a proper midfielder, had 24 disposals, six clearances and nine tackles. So, I mean, those are really good numbers and they could have been the type of numbers he had all of this year if he got to play as a permanent midfielder. So, okay. uh, but, but again, I'm pretty sure he might've had an injury as well. So he may have had a bit of a delayed start to the year, but I could see us uh, definitely bidding on him uh, as that, you know, that midfielder type who, you know, also comes from the Oakley Chargers, would have dealt with Nick Bryan, that, who we had in the ruck last year. So uh, he, he's definitely one that I would consider a bid on with one of our first-rounders. Sorry, I didn't know if you mentioned, was he originally attached to Collingwood? Yes. Okay, yeah. So he still is attached, attached to Collingwood, yes. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, the number nine. So number nine is Tanner Bruin from uh, Geelong Falcons. He's a midfielder, a very classy player. He's got a great mix of uh, his contested side and he's got a bit of class on the outside as well. I'd probably liken him to a bit of like a still side bottom type. Uh, so he, he likes to get forward. He can kick a goal. Uh, the main query that he's had so far is his injury history. So he hasn't had any real big, big like injuries, like an ACL or something like that. But he's just had a few reoccurring things that haven't allowed him to really get on the park. But whenever he has gotten on the park, he's just looked really classy. So he could have been one to have really pushed a lot of the better midfielders in this year's draft if they got a full year going. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, he's definitely one to look out for. I, I mean, as an Essendon fan, I I know people talk about the inside mid, and I, know I, get, I get that, but... There's no doubt in my mind that uh, Essendon needs some bit class through that midfield and, and how they yeah. how they use the ball forward. Uh, so that's it. That's an exciting one. So number eight. So number eight, we've got another tall in Riley Thilthorpe. Uh, it, it's going to be pretty interesting to see where he goes on draft night. I mean, Adelaide, <laughs> Adel 
So Adelaide could still take him with pick one because he is that local boy and he is that key position type. He's an exciting type. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why he would slide is the ongoing groin issues he's had this year. So he wasn't able to test at the start of the year for fitness testing and he wasn't able to do the combine just recently because of those groin issues. So there might be a little bit of an unknown on his athletic profile, but if I was to say what type of player he is, he is a 201 centimeter version of Cal Hooker. So he oh, wow. is a strong, really good mark, uh, moves pretty well for his size. So uh, he's the type that, you know, if you watch Cal Hooker go, like a lot of the time he's not run down. He actually has a bit of that loping running style where you would have seen a few times where Hooker moves forward, he kicks a snap goal or he does something out of nowhere. That's the type of things Tilthorpe does. So he he can kick really well left and right foot. Uh, just great skills for a big man. He can also push into the ruck and shows a lot of class there. Yep. So he may not ha- quite have, you know, that big le- – he's not that big leaping key forward, but he's that strong, dependable uh, hard-working type. So he's actually been told by his coaches to actually ease it back a lot of the time because he's worked so hard on the training track. So there's okay. a lot to like about him. You just got to hope you can get over those groin issues. Pretty sure that was never said to me during my <laughs> somewhat successful football career at the South Gordon Footy Club. Nobody ever came out to me and went, Grant, just calm down, mate. Pull it back a little bit. You're going too hard. <laughs> For me, in under 16, it was Scott put down the Dim Sims. <laughs> like, yeah, Scott, game's about to start. Scott, you've got to um, go easy on the Dimmies, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, look, number seven. So number seven is Will Phillips from the Oakley Chargers, yep. uh, midfielder who's pretty much Rao light. So he pretty much can do what Rao can do. So he's a tough midfielder who wins his own ball, tackles hard, can break away from the stoppages as well, just wins the ball at will, Will Phillips. So um, hey. Hey. He, he. so um, he's, he's definitely one that, uh, has been a good player for a long time. He's he was an early maturer, so he was what 179, so 178 centimeters for quite a while. So he shot up early and then just stayed there. But he's still a talented player nonetheless. So he's someone who probably doesn't have a, a lot of upside, but he's a plug-in and play sure bet. Like he's an absolute sure bet midfielder. Like yeah. you won't get many players in this year's draft that you can guarantee will be a very good midfielder. Okay. Wow. Uh, what are we up to? Number Is it number six now? Yep. So no, number six is a very exciting key defender in Denver Granger Barras, mm-hmm. who is an intercept marking machine. That's pretty much the best way I can describe him. He, like Ridley, he just takes him at will. If the ball is there for him to get, he will get it. Uh, even with a light frame, he's played for Swan Districts League football all year and just been a mainstay there. He went one-on-one with Logan McDonald this year and kept him goalless for a half, I think kept him to maybe one possession. Wow. So not only can he can he do the, uh, the attacking side well, but also the defending side. And the one thing I think a lot of supporters would like about him is he, is, he gets under your skin as an opposition player. He's not afraid to totally. get, get in okay. there. If there's a halftime scuffle, you better believe he's also in there. So, I love him. Good. Uh, I like it, him. I like him. <laughs> I, and he's got the best name. Like, that's a great name, Denver. So uh, I, I just like it on that fact. But, yeah, um, 
I mean, imagine a back line of uh, Denver Granger Barras and Brandon Zerk Thatcher. I like, <laughs> it. I like it. I like that a lot. Hyphens everywhere. Hi- the hyphens. They can call the twin hyphens. <laughs> so um, we're up to down number five now. So Number five. He's probably one I have a bit higher than most because of my SNM bias, I reckon. So this one's Nathan O'Driscoll from Perth, who is a 187-centimetre midfielder works tirelessly across the game. He's tough as nails. He tackles hard. He uh, is prepared to do the team things. Uh, he's maybe not the most uh, most attacking style of player. He's not the most uh, eye-catching player, but he's the type of player I think a lot of clubs need, and that's someone who you can show up every single week, will run his butt off, he will tackle, he will do the defensive things, and you just got to listen to some of his interviews and he's just like a larrikin type bloke. So he's he's the type that he could have probably the best conversations with Heppel, a lot of yeah-nahs and, you know, that kind of <laughs> – yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that, that kind of personality. He's a very – he's always smiling. He's very infectious. So I think I've got a bit of a bias towards him because I, I kind of just like the bloke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And now I've heard quite a bit about him and there's quite a number of Essendon fans that um, have him in there, you know, pick sevens, pick eights of – of ones they want. So um, pick number four, we're getting closer to the, the top now. Yeah, so number four. Now, these top four are probably probably my clear top four right now. I don't think there's anyone else that can really push into there. So number four is Logan McDonald, okay. the key forward that's on a lot of people's lips. Please, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's your Nick Rewalt type. So he is a hardworking key forward. He can run and run and run. And he's smart. He's skillful. He's not the quickest. He's not the most agile, but his work rate and his ability to always impact the scoreboard is is incredible. He came second in the goal kicking for in the league for for Perth, which is just incredible for a for a young key position player. And I recently just watched him in the WA All Stars, and I think there was one time where he ran up on the wing, took the mark, kicked inside. In, in the space of maybe would have been 10 to 15 seconds, he's already on the other side of the wing ready to get another mark, which, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of young players that will do that, especially the young key position forward. So he, he's just a work rate driven. He knows where the goals are. He's a big booming kick. Uh, and there's definitely reasons why there might be clubs that look at him very high. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's always touted, right, as, I mean, there's all these little rumours going around that Essendon may even, you know, try and do a deal to get up up um, up the, the draft ladder to try and get him. It'll be, it'll be very interesting because he just fits the criteria of Danaher going of of just sitting in that slot beautifully and having Harrison Jones in his second year, hopefully getting some game time as well. So that's, that, that would be, it's obviously a name that, you know, that I think it would be very interesting Um uh, to see now, my my favourite players hasn't been read out yet, so I'll see where you slot him in. Uh, number three. So number three is the Sydney Swans Academy player, Braden Campbell. Uh, he is very very classy player, and he's damaging. He he's looks good. A yeah. smaller player, 181 centimetres, so he's not the biggest player, but he when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. He his left foot kick is just astounding. Like he can hit targets like you wouldn't believe. He can kick goals from anywhere. Uh, and he doesn't mind doing the tough things as well. So he tackle, he tackles hard. He can go for the football hard. So he's got a good mix of that inside-outside traits. Uh, so he's 
uh, he's a player that I really would like to bid on if we can, but I think there's no chance that there's Sydney no chance. will uh, <laughs> ignore him. No, I, I saw a vision of him and, and it just stood out. It was just like, oh my goodness, who is this guy? What a left foot. Um, he is, he is, he looks, he looks so, so good. Uh, okay. Number two. Number two is Elijah Hollands oh, yeah, uh, from the Murray Bush Rangers. <laughs> uh, taller midfielder. I think by his own admission, he, he apparently got the scales out and measured himself at 190 centimetres. <laughs> yep. I'm not sure you can get away with that, Eliza, until we have the combine. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he is that a, a potentially that taller midfielder who can go forward and kick goals. You know, your danger fields, your fives, you know, the midfielders that everyone's after. So the only query is, you have with him, uh, he did his ACL at the start of the year, which is just an absolute shame. And that he hasn't played a lot of midfield yet, but yep. there was absolute guarantees that he would have played midfield this year. He played midfield in the All-Stars game last year and was one of the best players. I mean, that was no question. And listen to any interview with him and he is seriously impressive kid. Like, he is completely switched on, just a very, very happy and upbeat type of kid. And I think any club that takes him will just be absolutely wrapped. Oh, the, you know, when you go to, I'd encourage anyone to go to even just the basic AFL draft um, highlights, you know, the, the five-minute packages that they bring out. There's two of the best pick-up by one hand you've ever seen <laughs> by, by a kid that uh, it was like, oh, my goodness, that's like Mark McCurry I'm watching. Uh, it was just like his talent is like, off the charts, uh, and to, I mean, he's number two, and he's done his ACL, right? He's, he's, he's that's that's that speaks volumes about how this good this kid is. I mean, he looks awesome. Wow! Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, look, it's obviously going to be a no-brainer, but tell us, tell us our number one. Yep. So, number one, Bulldogs NGA player Jamara Yugo Hagen. Uh, I mean, when you compared to the next Lance Franklin, I think you're going to get a lot of people thinking you're going to be pick one. And especially when you see the highlights, you see how many goals he kicked in the finals as a bottom major playing out at full forward. I mean, he's not, he's not like he's getting them, uh, you know, using his body and he's a bigger forward. No, he's burning him off with speed off the lead. He's yeah. got elite speed, elite vertical leap and elite endurance. So he, he pretty much ticks every box. <laughs> no, pretty he's, much. He's athletic. In, yeah, he's so insane. Oh, yeah, athletic, yeah, yeah. skillful. And the one thing I'll, I'll probably touch on, and I think you guys would know from watching some of the real guns that have played for Essendon, that certain players just have an aura about them. You go and watch them at a live game, and people not not, not just the players, but the people around them get drawn to them. So at mm. the game I was at the start of the year with Hugo Hagen, like you'd get one or two players just go up with him, no matter what going for the mark. And the crowd, whenever he went near the ball, these people that probably don't even know who he is, they could just tell yeah. that he's a special player. Yeah. I think I think you've really got to pay attention to those types because the player that most recently that I had the same feeling about was Isaac Rankin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So again, excuse my ignorance, but is he an indigenous kid? Uh yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's going to be incredibly exciting for the competition. You can and tell. He's got, he's and, got the height. And he's the, got the height. Buddy's height. Uh, oh, not quite. Is what one ninety four, but his leap is off the charts. So he can just okay. jump. He, he speed plays and, like a speed and leap. Yeah. So he's extremely hard to beat on the lead. Mm. Okay. So look, just in the scenario, 
uh, I'm going to get you to put a little bit of a Dodoro hat on, Ed. So let's do a scenario um, of, say, Essendon have, say, pick six, uh, pick seven, which we know they'll probably be eight and nine or nine and ten. But say, say just for purpose, they have pick six and pick seven, knowing the NGAs, how they are. And say, Joe Danaher, I've got this funny feeling that that might be, end up being a, a late teens pick rather than um, – so let's go pick – say Essendon's got pick six, seven, and say 19. Um, you've got your Dodoro hat on. Ed, where, where are you looking? Like tell me the players that you would have as either a, a, as something to, I, I think needs to come into a club, either I'd bid for or I, I would I would draft. Who, who, who are you looking at? Yeah, so the players I would have touched on before that the ones you definitely you definitely bid on like your Campbell and your uh, and McInnes. But if it was players that can't be that I wouldn't bid on, and I'm looking early, I'm probably taking the best available midfielder and the best available key position player mm-hmm. at you know that six and seven. So whether that's a Will Phillips or Brune, or that's a you know a, a Zach Reed, a Nick Cox, a Dilthorpe, Granger Barras doesn't really matter which one we need to get elite talent in. And with that later pick, that's where I'd look at your, 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 your Poulter or your Carroll as that outside midfielder with a lot of upside. Yep. So mm. probably bank in your midfielder that you think is going to be a very good player, bank in your key, high end key position prospect, and then take the gamble on a high upside midfielder that could or could not be a gun. And I don't think you can go wrong there. No, no, I like it. I like it. So, uh, look, we're kind of getting close to wrapping up. Can you tell us, obviously you've done the top 20, right? Can you tell us what's some smokies that you're looking at past 20? That you've got your pick, you know, 25 to 45 kind of scenario that you think, hey, I know this kid might be pick 35, but he has, he, this guy has the potential to be something good. Can, can you tell us uh, some possible smokies? Uh, there's a few names that haven't really been talked up as much. One of them, for obvious reasons, to mean down in Victoria is Xavier Ma from the Murray Bush Rangers. So he would be like a James Rowbottom type of midfielder. So he's got a bit of burst about him. He he loves to contest the ball and yeah, just just that speed away from congestion. So he's that he's a different type of midfielder that you know, we, we'd have on the list, like Shield is kind of that, but he's a bit more contested. He's a bit more harder at it. Yep. And another one to look for would be Eddie Ford, Eddie who uh, is a half forward at the moment, a very high leaping forward. I mean, some of his highlights with his marks, if you can find them, are incredible. But he was set to play midfield this year. Now, at the start of the year, he's gone to Fremantle and asked them if he can have some footage of Nat Fife. So that shows that he is definitely willing to become a midfielder. And, you know, he's going out and seeking this vision and going to clubs. So he's got the right attitude for it. Yeah. So he's, again, one of those players that could have gone a bit higher if he was able to show that. So a club may have liked that he's gone out of his way to do this. He's absolutely keen to get the best out of himself and become a great player. And it can be those things that really... Uh, get the notice of, pl- of clubs. Can I ask about Finlay McRae, where, where you kind of got see him as is in the scope of things? Uh, I've probably got him in the about the twenty to forty range at the moment. I mean, he's a very skillful player. He's 
kind of like a light version of his older brother. So he's not quite as big. He's not quite as uh, as as quick or as mobile, but he's in the same vein, very classy type. He's very good on either foot. Uh, I saw him at the start of this year. I think they'll play him a bit more forward just to give a few other guys a go. He didn't quite get involved there. So my latest recollection of him isn't the best, which is a bit unfortunate, but he would have been one who would have spent a majority of the time in the midfield this year for Oakley. And he could have probably addressed a few queries that I have with his athleticism that he could have shown a bit as a contested midfielder, a bit more in the contest. Because uh, as a player, if you don't have that real good speed or uh, you know that kind of thing on the outside, it, it makes it hard at AFL level. So yeah. when, when you are... Uh, a bit, bit on the slower side or you're not quite as athletic, you've really got to show a real willingness to get in hard and win your own football. Yep. Yeah, that was the, that was the reason why I didn't get drafted. Um, <laughs> it didn't have that real speed or that real talent or that real anything really. So yeah. I, I understand. I sympathise. Uh, look, I'm just interested too. I don't know how much you know about him, but uh, inside midfielder Zane True, um, uh, is, is he getting close to the mark as well uh, as far as the top 25? Yeah, so he's one I really liked at the start of the year after watching some of his footage from uh, the, a, a year back. But um, uh, he hasn't quite come along as much as I'd hoped this year. Okay, uh, playing in the playing in the All Stars game, I just seen he was kind of struggled a little bit. His kicking was a little bit sloppier than it usually is. Like usually, he's actually a very good kick for his position. But there's not many players on the inside that can hit a handball and release players as good as he can. I think there was one game at the start of this year I watched. Uh, that he played for Swan Districts, and some of the handballs he was getting out were just ridiculous. You're like, how can a kid actually even see that option? Yep. So he's definitely, you know, 185 centimetre uh, midfielder. He, he he could go, you know, in those mid-teens to 20s. I, I definitely look at him in around that range, and he would definitely fit into what Essendon would probably want to look for. I mean, same, same yeah. with Finlay McRae. Like, you can always use a bit more midfield depth and a few more guys that can use the football really well. Yep. Well... Can't thank you enough, Ed. Um, that's pretty comprehensive. Uh, I, look, I know you're a bit of a. I know you've got a bit of an Essendon following yourself. Uh, I'm just curious. This is just outside of this. Um, are you more leaning towards you going to the draft? Actually, just as a as a, a fan yourself, are you or are you happy to you know do some second third round picks for a, a constable or a um, uh, Jai from GWS, uh, Coldwell, uh, you know, how, how you kind of, you know, there's talk of Ben Brown that we may be interested in, like how, how you sing, how we should do the off season. Uh, as long as you get a bit of balance towards it, like, uh, you still want to keep a few of those picks, like those higher end picks. But if you say moving down a pixel six or seven to say, towards the giants, they're going to get some free agency picks for like Williams and all that, you know, trade down, but you also gain someone like Caldwell, then I don't have much reason uh, much reason to argue with that. I mean, Caldwell's still a very young, developing midfielder. I mean, Constable again is another young player. I'm a bit more, more I'm a bit more happy about getting in young players if you're going to do that. You, yeah, I mean, yeah. stop going for your Devin Smiths, your Stringers, and all them. Try and look for those for, for a bit of a value. Get guys that are going to be in that same age bracket as McGrath and Ridley, and really build up that side. Well, just quickly, just lastly, just to just thinking of all the names, Brody and Wright, uh, Peter Wright. Are you? Uh, would you be interested in those, or 
you know, I always worry about Will Brody because he, he can't get into a side that's not exactly like top eight material. So I always worry about that, that aspect. What are your thoughts? I think for the right price, you probably look at them like we've seen in a lot of occasions where players that will come from those types of clubs, they come down and they start to actually perform a bit more. Like Scrimshaw was an example at Gold Coast. He's now playing a lot of football for Hawthorne. I mean, Setterfield wasn't getting games at Giants. He's starting to really come along at Carlton. Sometimes a change of scenery or or something along those lines, maybe a bit of homesickness affects some players. So uh, for the right price, I think the gamble's fine. I mean, you may get them for one or two years. I don't think there's much to lose out of it. Okay, okay. Well, you've been awesome, mate. Uh, can't can't say thanks enough for your time. Um, that's as comprehensive as we could do. <laughs> it's oh, um, that's, that's, that's clearly that you really know your stuff, Ed. So thanks very much, mate. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, fellas. It's been really good to have to have a chat with you guys. No, no. And look, just to, just to note, obviously, um, uh, McGrath signed a two-year extension today. Uh, so that's that's encouraging news. Uh, we've, we've probably needed it. Uh, I, I suspect that's a player manager um, just wanting to do a two-year deal for now to get him to that 25 kind of range and then see the, uh, the long-term view um, maybe after that. So... I wouldn't panic too much that he's only it's only a two year extension. I'm sure there's there's a couple of things that, or st- strategies that a player manager has, especially with his age. So, but it's just good to have him on board. Um, uh, obviously, um, the age has reported that uh, Langford and Ridley also have signed and be be announced soon. So that's that's trending in the better way as far as keeping the young talent and keeping that core of guys. So. Uh, that's some good news coming our way at least. So uh, it's something to look forward to. So it's going to be a very, very interesting off-season. I don't know exactly what our strategy will be, um, but there's you know, there's obviously going to be some picks coming our way, so it will be very interesting to see how, how that's played out by the club. And uh, it's kind of exciting in a weird way, and, and there's obviously a lot of internal reviews happening and a lot of it, sort of soul-searching as a club, and, and hopefully through that um, – comes out the other side a, a much more uh, focused and, and determined club and, and we can start looking at some young talent and start building our own identity and our own game plan that's built around actual list that we've created. So let's hope that's the case. So thanks again, Ed. Uh, hey, before, before we go, Ed, where can, uh, where can the listeners find you? Good point. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I do a lot of my, uh, my writing for Draft Central. So uh, I, I do a lot of articles for them. So if you're ever on Draft Central... I'll usually link it to my Twitter. So if you search Ed Pasco, that's my Twitter. And I'll usually put out what, what articles I've done there. And sometimes I'll be on their podcast as well. It's called the Final Siren Podcast, which we talk about the draft quite often. And um, we, we talked about some of the players that from Vic Country and Vic Metro and WA. So if anyone wants to also give those a listen and see even, even more uh, depth of players that we didn't even cover here. Cool. All right, great. Um, mate, Scotty, just a quick shout out to our Patreons. Um, huge um, continued thank you to our Patreons for the support um, that they bring to the podcast. Um, like I said, we wouldn't be, uh, even though I'm on the, the slightly dodgy mic at the moment, um, <laughs> we, would, we wouldn't have the roadcast of 5,000 and um, the two... Um, the two groovy bikes at Scotty's uh, place, uh, e.g., the uh, podcast studio. So, a massive thank you to our um, to our Patreons for for supporting us. Yep. Uh, so that's it for now. We'll be back, uh, obviously, with shows closer to the draft and trade period, and have more talk around that. But uh, signing off. Thanks again, Ed. 
Thanks again, Grant, for joining us. Thank you. This is the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. <laughs>